Welcome to the Curator's Salon podcast. I'm Geeta Joshi, and in this episode, I'm talking to William G. Robinson, one of the curators of the Picasso and Paper exhibition, currently showing at the Royal Academy in London. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. So this is a wonderful exhibition and so much better than I thought it would be. How long was that show in preparation? About four years, and it took an incredible amount of work. We spent a lot of time in archives, especially in Paris, looking at things that in some cases have never been seen before, that were even uncatalogued. But that's the joy of doing my job, you know? It's the pleasure of discovery. And what was it like working with other institutions? Because I've only ever experienced working in the commercial arena. Well, I've worked with both of these museums before, the Musée Picasso in Paris and the Royal Academy in London, and they are maybe my favorite uh, people to work with. Um, I love the RA. They do great shows. The staff is fantastic. I have fantastic colleagues there. Um, I love working with them. I've uh, been writing about Picasso for about 30 years. I've done This is my fourth Picasso exhibition, and I've seen the staff change there. First of all, they have an incredible collection. If you really want to do a good Picasso show, you have to use the Picasso Museum in Paris because that's the legacy of the families. That's his personal collections. And the depth of what they have is just extraordinary. And they have wonderful people to work with, uh, very collegial and helpful, and they know a lot. So, um, And so we have interesting discussions and dialogues about his work and what we find things and what do we think it means because it often requires interpretation. And in this case, we were even, we were even finding things in the archives because they were part of his personal holdings when he died. And the question is, is that by Picasso? Is that something he... So lots of interesting conversations going on back and forth and dealing with such a fantastic staff is essential. That all makes it sound like it was really easy to do. So were there any difficulties or what would you say were the lessons learned working with other institutions, especially given they're in different countries? Well, in this case, there really weren't difficulties. Uh, We were... uh, we thought along the same lines. Um, projects always evolve. You start out with an idea in this case, which was to do an exhibition of just works on paper. But as we began to think about this, we understood that they needed context. Um, so we have works that are made with paper, sculptures and things of that sort. But then again, we wanted to uh, contextualize these works. So. I mean, how do you show certain sketches related to a great painting if you don't have the painting? I mean, what does this mean? So things are always progressing and evolving. I have worked, frankly, um, on projects with people who are difficult and contentious, but not in this case. I just, I just love my colleagues working on this project, and I don't know, maybe the results reflect that. I don't know, but um, this, was, this was a great experience for me. And, and I'll mention I had one other great experience working with the RA. I also worked with uh, curator Anne Dumas on the painting Modern Garden, Monet to Matisse. That was another fantastic collaboration. And, you know, there's nothing better than working with a great colleague. Nothing. So it's a really large exhibition. Is all the work in the show from the three museums, or have you got work loaned from other private collections and places as well? The bulk of the exhibition comes from the Musée Picasso in Paris, but we do have other lenders. We, my museum in Cleveland, is a very significant lender. And one of the things that makes me very happy about this show is that I think our Picasso collection, which is one of the best in the United States, is not as well known as it should be. So you will see our great Blue Period painting, La Vie, uh, or the great Rose Period painting, the Harem, but there are also drawings and other paintings and 
So we're a significant contributor. We also borrowed some things from other museums. Philadelphia lent us a very important work. Um, the Metropolitan in New York did. And we borrowed some things from private collections. Um, don't let me forget the Reina Sofia in uh, Madrid, which lent some of the drawings for Guernica. And that's really important because they have all of the drawings. And we're very lucky to have those. They were crucial to our show. And we borrowed a few things from members of the Picasso family. How did, how did Cleveland Museum of Art come to have such a large collection of Picasso drawings and paintings? Well, let me first say the collection isn't extremely large, but the quality is extraordinary. Um, that's part of it. We are a major collecting institution, but many of the things came by gift. Um, the harem came from a, a trustee who bought this. It was part of his personal collection in the 1920s, which is really quite extraordinary. There is an interesting story behind La Vie Life, which is Picasso's greatest painting of the Blue Period. That was actually deaccessioned by another museum, um, believe it or not. Um, it, Picasso painted it in 1903. It sort of disappeared from the art world for a long time. Then it resurfaced in the 30s. And in the late 30s, the Rhode Island School of Design bought it. Uh, and then they had a new director who didn't like it. and He decided to sell it. And our director at the time was astonished. He said, who would ever sell a painting like that? But luckily, we were the first in the door, and we bought it on the spot, which there's a whole background behind that, but it's really quite remarkable um, that that painting is here, and sometimes you just get lucky. That's such a good story. So which is your favorite piece in this exhibition? And actually, while I'm here, how many pieces does this exhibition have? Because it feels like, you know, with the notebooks and the little cut right. out the sketches on napkins and all sorts of things. There's, there must be hundreds. There's over 300. Um, I was told it's 365, um, but I didn't count them individually. But it's, it's way over 300. As far as favorite works, there are so many. I don't, I don't know. That's a question I almost can't answer because I have these moments. And, um, of course, a painting that is a work, it's actually a large uh, papier collet that's astonishing is the women at the toilet, which is this huge painting um, that was done during the period of the Spanish Civil War. And it appears to depict um, three very important women in Picasso's life at the time. But it is made out of these pieces of wallpaper that Picasso himself collected. And it is an extraordinary collage and a really an interesting painting. And one of the things I like about the way we displayed it here is you see it in the context of other works done during the Spanish Civil War, which of course is something that Picasso was very invested in. He's living in Paris. There's this war raging in his homeland. Of course, he has family there. And that everybody knows about how Picasso responded to the war in Guernica, his great anti-war painting, but they don't know about this painting. And actually, you know, you discover these things. There's actually Close, there's a close relationship between Guernica and this uh, large collage. For example, we know that when Picasso was uh, working on Guernica because his companion Dora Mar took photographs of it in, as it was being um, made, that at certain points Picasso took pieces of cut paper and put them on the canvas, and some of those pieces of paper appear in the large women at their toilet. And the, the women in that painting, too, are you see them in various stages of fright and anxiety. And unless you kind of look at what Picasso was doing on other works at the time, there's, for example, the Weeping Woman series, which is directly related to Guernica and the, you know, the angst of the period after the bombing of, of the Bass City, the Guernica 
you kind of don't understand what's going on in that big collage. So for me, showing that painting in the context that we have is important for unlocking its meaning. That's such an incredible piece. I, I don't think I'd ever seen that one in, in real life before as well. It's huge, like five meters almost. Yes. So from the exhibition, it's very clear how prolific he was. As a scholar of Picasso's work, how much do you think he was you know, making every day or every week? His output is incredible. It's mind boggling. I mean, if you look at the output that we know of a Renaissance artist, you know, it may be a handful of things, maybe a bit more. Um, if you look at the catalog resume, this is, of course, a book that documents all of the known work of, a, of, a, of an artist. Monet's catalog resume is three volumes. Picasso's, first of all, there are multiple catalog resumes, but the main one is 33 volumes, and it doesn't begin to touch the surface. And there are catalog resumes for every part of his um, production, whether it's prints or uh, there's one for sculpture. I, the amount of work that he did is absolutely staggering. And I, I assume he is the most prolific artist of the 20th century, maybe in the history of art. And it's, it's funny that you bring this up because um, there was one small criticism of the show and one reviewer said it was slightly too big. We had the opposite um, view because we couldn't, you know, we knew that if you're do, dealing with Picasso, and he, of course he works over a long period of time in so many different media, you know, how do you cover that all? And we tried to condense it, and we knew it would be only a summary. It's really, despite the size, only touching the surface. The amount of work that he produced, and at the same time of extraordinary quality, is mind-boggling. And he's always shifting, you know, shifting styles. He'll invent a style, he'll invent a new style, then he'll work on both of them simultaneously. Um, and he's shifting subjects. And media, I hope that's one of the things, this kind of engagement with different kind, types of media um, and materials is what people will come away with. Um, there's been so much emphasis on Picasso's biography um, that I think he, what he actually produced maybe has has gotten a little bit you know people aren't paying as much attention to it as they need to but if you just look at for example the kinds of paper he used 18th century antique papers and newspaper i mean it's just craft paper and it's really quite extraordinary what um the range of what he would work with and and i want to say one last thing is it's when you're working on a show like this and it's so big, you often get bogged down in minutiae. So I'm looking at these sketchbooks. I'm studying all the sketchbooks for the Demoiselle or the things that he made at the beginning of the Second World War, which I just love, that it's hard to draw one thread from it. And once the exhibition was up and I walked through it, the one lasting impression that I had was Picasso's immense creativity. I mean, it's just, you know, I'm sure that other people will get that reaction too. It's just it's hard to take it all in um, because it's so vast. But there's that one thread is that he's always working and often just for himself. You know, he, many of the things that Picasso made, he did not make them for anyone else. He made them just for him. And uh, there's a really great example of that in the show. There's a, a cute, from the Cubist period, there's a pasted paper, papier collet. And um, I, I assume most of your listeners will know what a watermark is in a paper. So in a drawing paper, the manufacturer will put their initials or their name. It's embedded in the paper, and you only see it if you hold it up to the light. So Picasso took an 
an antique paper that has that watermark in it. He took two pieces of it. He cut out a paper guitar and he sandwiched it in between those pieces of paper so that you could only see his guitar when you hold that up to the light. Now, he didn't make that to be shown. He made it for himself. And, he, and he's often working that way. There are hidden things in his works, messages in the, in the cut pasted papers. And again, he is the, his biggest challenge was his own work and con constantly pushing himself to be new and different and to invent. That, that was his life. I love that explanation of uh, his uh, process as well. Thank you, William, for that. That's really insightful. You know, recently I've been having quite a lot of conversations with artists who are feeling conflicted by trying out sort of different things and they're doing work that is not um, typically what they're known for, for example. They feel like it's some kind of deviation. But I love her, your explanation there of, you know, Picasso making work for himself and just, you know, pushing his own sort of creative boundaries you know, mm -hmm. to develop new work and not necessarily for an audience, just to see what he could be doing with it. Awesome. So the show opened less than a week ago. And one last question I wanted to put to you was, what do you think will be the most Instagrammed picture of this exhibition? It's probably that, that very, very large Papier Collet, um, Women at the Toilet, probably. But you never know. Um, I'll, I'll be interested to know. I'll, I'll follow <laughs> it myself. and. Uh, we'll see. Okay, my guess was actually going to be the line drawing portrait of Francoise. Because oh, yes, that's a beautiful drawing. It's amazing. And only yeah. because there's a quite famous photograph of Beyonce next to it at the Musee Picasso, isn't there? Yes, there is. I think different people will take away different things because there's, frankly, there's so much there. Excellent. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on that hashtag. William, thank you so much for being my guest on today's podcast. Thank you very much. It's been wonderful. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do rate, review and subscribe because it really does help us get found by more listeners. The Picasso and Paper exhibition runs at the Royal Academy until the 13th of April and then it moves to the Cleveland Museum of Art from May 25th to August 23rd. And I will add the dates and links to all those venues in the show notes. Thank you. The Curator Salon hopes you enjoyed this production.